Very welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast. A very special one as well, brought to you with our friends at BetBright, because we will be joined a little bit later on by the BetBright Cup Team Island captain, which is Hector. But joining me in the studio, I have Derma Nolan. Derma, how are you? I'm fine, Dean. How are you? Yeah, really good. Um, lucky enough to spend the day down at Kempton on Saturday. Hector was there and their team GB captain, Phil Tufnell. Um, had a good day there, I have to say. But it was remarkable for, well, we were thinking we might see a final clue in perhaps the Supreme or the Triumph Hurdle picture. And unfortunately, well, mainly unfortunately for Barry Geraghty, but Charlie Park seemed a little bit clueless in the beginning part of the race. And then when he took his fall, um, Barry's got injured. Yeah, it's awful for Barry, and it's awful. I did well back to win the uh, jockey as well, uh, top jockey at Cheltenham, but uh, that's that's a real pale blow in comparison to a punctured lung and five broken ribs. Uh, you know, Barry Garrett. Six, isn't it? I mean, what? A, uh, it's an awful blow, an awful, absolutely thump he took. I didn't think Charlie Parks was coming to win the race either, but again, that's that's just my opinion. Yeah, I did. I, really I mean, maybe that's that's blinded by the fact that I thought he was a standout horse in the race, and when he finally got himself together he came through but do you know maybe that was the tiredness because he had to work so hard to get back into the, the race that's brought him down yeah and even but even the form itself anyway Dean you know even had he just about got up to win you wouldn't be backing him for a triumph or a supreme than any really would you you would have been disappointed with the run regardless that's, yeah that's for yeah sure. you know so like and considering Barry Garrett he was saying that he, he thought he was as good as Altier might have been last year it, it was a bad bad run Um, it's a blow for the supreme which really didn't need another blow and um We'll see now, but Defi de Sula is just looking stronger and stronger at the head of that well, triumph bracket. Barry Geraghty's going to miss a, a festival where he probably was going in a, one of his one of his best books of rides he would have had for a long time, wasn't yeah. he? Hundred percent sure. Even in the champion hurdle, Dean, he had an awful debate there. He's, you know what I mean, Harry. They'll have a pile for the handicaps. He he really had a lovely, lovely book of rides, and it's just unfortunate. But look, he's uh, I'm sure he's been down this road many times before, and. He'll come back, no doubt about it. Part and parcel. There are other big festivals that hopefully he'll be back in time for. And then to ride some of those horses that you would imagine would have already gone very well at a Cheltenham Festival. It's going to open up the doors on a few horses for some jockeys. Lights of Noel Feely, you think, would be in line for the Bouvardet ride, having ridden him as a as a juvenile when he was, well, he was with Nicky, still with Nicky, of course. But he was on board him for in the Supreme. And he looks the obvious choice for that one. He was. He was the owner's retained rider at that time. Um, now, Nicky would have no problem putting Noel Feely up on one of his horses. He's done it all year with Altior, etc. I think if he trusts somebody with Altior, he'll definitely trust Noel Feely with Bouvardet again. Uh, interestingly, Aidan Coleman did ride him in one of his... Uh, his novice oh, chases offenses, yeah. Yeah, yeah so but if it was me I definitely have Noel Feely up on board I've made no secret of the fact that I think Noel Feely is one of the best jump jockeys around and I just think he's absolutely brilliant and hopefully um, he'll come in for the ride because there's no better man Dean. what would be really good is if Mark Walsh picked up a few nice spins now that maybe Barry would have had because he's he's I don't want to call him a journeyman he's a far better jockey than that and he rides a lot of the horses obviously in Ireland he's the Irish man for JP McManus he'll be at Cheltenham we only talked about it last week on the podcast that you know, he'll be there and be looking to pick up a few. He might get a few more now. He's kind of stuck like Shami Heffernan is a small bit on the flat, isn't he, with Aidan O'Brien, where if you find yourself in that position of being a second jockey for somebody, it's very hard to shirk that for some reason. Um, because Mark Walsh, is he's brilliant. I mean, the ride he gave Jeski, just one example to win the Punches Town uh, World Hurdle equivalent, it was a brilliant ride. Yeah. He's had loads all year where he's just been outstanding. One of the best rides I've ever seen was the day I went to Leperstown and saw Carlin for Lock win his second Irish Gold Cup and Mark Walsh was just inspired. Uh, he's a lovely, quiet jockey. He'd be suited to an awful lot of those horses. He'd even be very well suited to Bouverdere actually as well with his, his quiet style. Yeah. And um, 
I'd love to see him come in now for some massive rides and I really hope JP McMahon is back soon because Mark Walsh has never let him down. No, he hasn't and he's going to get a few opportunities more than he would have got at the Cheltenham Festival coming up. So the winner of that race though was Master Blue Eyes and a good few people were talking him up as a, as a horse for the festival and now he's going to won the Adonis which is that very traditional uh, yeah. final chance for Triumph Horses. They have to go there, don't they? They're not going to have another option now. Yeah, he got a mark of 150. Yeah. Um, so that's him out of the picture. The Triumph ratings for me this year, Dean, seem very inflated. Um, a lot of them are getting high marks. Um, it's just across the board, so it is fair because they're all getting it. But um, Master Blue Eyes for me might have been a contender in a Fred Winter, but he just doesn't strike me as a type to win the uh, Triumph Hurdle. No, we're definitely Desoy around. We're definitely Desoy around. For- from the same yard even make a fortune I'd have I'd have him over him yeah. and um, the area does Obo who we saw the weekend although she scrambled home um, I would back her over Master Blue Eyes as well yeah we'll come to Denaria and pick up on a few of the Irish performances a couple others from Kempton I was going to mention Froden the little terrier who seems to not know when he gets when he's beaten I thought he ran really well in that Pendor race that Paul Nichols just farms and it's a question of a, a very tough horse who seems to take racing well as well he had a fall but he's come back now and, uh, and won a couple of times I, I think Froden's a big player at Cheltenham if they get there I mean, it's only like this quick old turnaround from Kempton to that meeting but you know, Pendle winner going to Cheltenham will always have a good chance in the race wherever he turns up he seems to be taking his, his racing really well as well Dean yeah. um, he's had a very busy year I mean when you think about you know he was favourite for the Paddy Power wasn't he yeah and then, and he, then, then he came out and won the handicap after that's right um, you know he um, he's improved all year you can see he's been learning he's frighteningly young they have a very very big future with him. It's just interesting to see where they go and would it be the JLT or would it be the RSA? Um, he's a quality horse and we'll just see what what happens with him. He sure is. I thought it was good to see Neil Mulholland continue his really good run of form and he's firing winners on the weather as well at the same time as he's finding winners of big Saturday races. Pilgrim's Bay won the Betbright Handicap Chase and uh, do you know what? The ride that he got was just one of those patient sit and type rides that don't see too often takes a lot of balls to do it and I thought Pilgrim's Bay was very good they'll probably have to go all team with him it was an unbelievable ride for especially at Kempton when you think about it I mean the fear every jockey must have that the horse in the front might kick on at Kempton as they always seem to do and for him to sit and sit and sit James Best deserves an awful lot of praise for it he was outstanding and um, yeah he, he, that probably was his gold cup I think as you've mentioned before Dean I think Neil Mulholland might have a better option in the old team at Chase yeah, he'll have a few. I mean, the likes of the Jurid's nephew can go there. Southfield Royale, who we've talked about before, when he disappointed in the Sky Bet, has now got a very nice mark for that race. Questions for uh, Neil Mulholland to answer, but when you're talking about a big handicap and three or four possible runners in it, he won't be too upset about working out which one to send there, I wouldn't think. Let's pick up on some of the Irish runners, Demo. You mentioned Denario De Zobo. They've got the race in the Stewards in the end, and I think they were looking for... They had to get one more run, didn't they, if they wanted to go Fred Winter, but maybe now it's one they're going to be forced to go Triumph. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Uh, depends on what Phil Smith does, but by the way the Triumph hurdle marks are going, I'd be very shocked if she managed to find herself with a good mark for the uh, Fred Winter. In yeah. fairness as well, you can't criticise anyone for it. Uh, you know she absolutely dotted up at Limerick she was the clear eye catcher in behind Mega Fortune that day and now she's come out and won albeit in the stewards room she still has won a race again so um, she's holding her form she's running very very well that was a tough race though Um, you know um, I know mares and fillies can can really improve run to run Uh, she'd need to be found that stuff really in, in two weeks to take in such a hard race like that and then go to 
go on to the triumph, you know? Yeah, their hand will be forced either way. And I think their hand was forced to get another run in anyway, so they could make that decision. So, tricky enough for Denario de Zobo. Um, a up Charlie, one on the card, that will be heading to the festival. The one I was, yeah, I think a lot of people were talking about before because of the connections, Patrick Kelly and, and presenting Percy, because he, he did it with Maldini last year. And he looks like he's got a similar type for the Potemps this time round. He has, isn't he? The record for horses that actually win Potemps trials is actually awful. I remember... David Gorn mentioned it before. Um, it's very bad, but regardless, uh, he was well in, very, very well in. We'll see what he gets. It was a big performance. He'll he'll get a fair hefty weight, but in the pretense of late, whilst it's handy to have a lower weight, you kind of have to be a higher class handicapper anyway to even get in, Dean. So uh, he goes there with every single chance. He's a very shrewd trainer, that Pat Kelly. Well, if he and pulls that off, I mean, that's pretty class to do it two years in a row with a different horse. And, and he's also got Maldini pitching up at the festival for whatever race they decide, something like the Kim Muir, he could have a good festival for a small yard, and as you say, shrewd operator. He could pull off a, a Jim Cullity, Dean, like with Lord Windermere, and Spring Heald, he could pull off the two of them, maybe, could he? Yeah, it's not a bad trick to have in your arsenal if you can do that. Uh, the Bobby Joe winner, always a good Grand National trial, some fantastic horses have gone and won that. Uh, pleasant Company caught the eye, real quiet ride from Ruby, wasn't it? To, to oh, it, was an unbe- it was unbelievable. I think anybody that naysays Ruby, just watch that ride. Um... The horse wasn't actually on my Grand National shortlist. He is now. Uh, that was a real lovely Grand National run. You know, free, easy. Ruby mightn't have been too bothered whether he won or not, but he he was always getting there. And the horse he beat, Thunder and Roses, came back to form. And to beat him is a very, very good marker for a Grand National for me, Dean. Yeah, I thought so. And uh, I think there's still uh, bits of 25s around and that market will take greater shape after Cheltenham and, and then and then we steam into Aintree of course but a decent weekend's racing perhaps no, no superstar especially with Charlie Parks coming down that maybe figure too much on your Cheltenham radar was there? No absolutely nothing uh, there's nothing no, I would have taken out of that weekend bar Pleasant Company and uh, he's entered in all three of the novice chases but obviously he'll miss that now and head straight to the Grand National and he's uh, he's a proper proper horse and we'll see now because he just struck me Dean as being one of those class acts in the Grand National you know he, he could be an awful lot better than uh, uh, a weight of 10 stone 7 I know horses will come out of that so he will take higher but he's guaranteed to run he's in off a nice weight and uh, Pleasant Company was definitely the one to take out well, this weekend guaranteed to run and one uh, recognised trial is kind of what you're looking for for a Grand National horse at this time of year so no bad shout and there thought it was a decent performance in that Bobby Joe could be another one who wins that and goes on to Aintree let's kick back though into the GB scene of course because the Betbright Cup was launched at Kempton on Saturday and I did tell you we do have Hector coming up shortly he's captain for Team Ireland back again and also Phil Tufnell they're both going to be chatting to Mike Vince after this break Introducing Genius Betbright's newest product that allows allows you to choose your bets. Genius will give you the ability to select from trends like winner last time out, course winners, distance winners and many many more. When you're done narrowing the field with Genius, you'll know exactly what you fancy. Genius by Betbright. Simply smarter betting. So the two captains are one old friend and one new name in terms of the captaincy. Uh, welcome back Mr Hector, but this time you uh, I think might have a, your hands full. Yeah, I'm delighted to welcome Phil Tufnell on board. Tuffers, as I call him now, as captain of Team GB. I know him from Question of Sport and I know him from his cricket career and I think he's going to do a great job as the captain of GB. He's got a lot to, to learn, but also, for your point of view, do you still think you won it last year or, or are you being as generous as anything six months on and saying, yeah, it was a dead heat? Three or four races into day four, we were ahead and then Paul Nichols started banging in some handicaps and it was an honourable draw. But, you know, we got the cup later on in the year through default. 
I think it was great. 14-all last year was magnificent. Whether it will be 14-all this year, we just don't know. But we are there with a fighting chance this year. It's, it's tough losing the good horses that we've lost. But, you know, we could sneak a couple. And you're up for it, obviously, Phil. But, I mean, your race has been in the, all those hours you spent at Long Leg allegedly fielding. <laughs> you've been thinking about what might win the 315, haven't yeah. you? Uh, allegedly fielded. I'm just delighted to have been named captain. I've never been named captain before. <laughs> oh, I've done a bit of that. But, uh, no, really looking forward to it. Great to be uh, working alongside Hector as well. And um, he's going to be showing me around and the do's and don'ts down in uh, Cheltenham. It's going to be fantastic. The Olympics of horse racing. And I know you'll both be delighted. It's, it's a, it's a, I know it's a side issue, but bet to put £10,000 up for an injured jockey's fund, whichever it may be. And that, is, that says an awful lot about this whole thing. It certainly does. Uh, there are injured jockeys on both sides of the water. Uh, jockeys are the daredevils. There's not many sports. I don't, I, think we all, I don't know if you know this, but it's the only sport in the world where the ambulance travels upsides alongside him yeah. during the event mm-hmm. I was talking to a, a jockey called Alan Cawley Squeaky Cawley who came over here a couple of years ago uh, he hasn't ridden in six months he has nerve damage in his shoulders he's going to Oakley House every week he, ha- he has no power in his arm he's, you know this, we, we take it for granted when we see these guys out on the horse doing what they do and to have a 10,000 euro uh, bursary put up by, by Betbright for the injured jockeys it's fantastic yeah. So what do you do between now and the start of, of the first race on day one? A little bit of the, one of those famous legendary toughest team talks that have inspired all sorts of people on, on a question of sport through the years to fail? Very much so. Uh, I'm in training myself now, uh, getting myself in tip-top shape. And uh, I think my main team talk is um, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> but what you'll also know is it's a long old week. Well, um, yes. don't, don't, don't go crying the first night if Ireland lead 4-2. No, it's, it's all about stamina. It's all about getting off to a good start, getting that momentum going and then following through. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a long game. It's the long game that we're going to be playing here. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. And, I mean, you look at it really two ways, I suppose. You know, you're looking at Duvan, you're looking at on the fringe, two or three in the banker category, you presumably looking Altior. at the likes of Altior. But it's going to be, one would think it's going to be the handicaps that'll sort this out. Fair comment? Yeah, I really do. Um, we might good at those, aren't we? The handicaps are good. He's, He's been a handicap for years. <laughs> Most of his handicaps are 11 clubs. <laughs> we, uh, we might sneak the odd handicap, but, y- you know, it's, it's Cheltenham. Some horses might take to that hill better than others. Uh, it, will, it will sort the men from the boys, and that's what it does every year. Your favourites? Do you think that's right? Um, uh, y- yes. Um, I mean, we're always confident. And as I said, there's been a few setbacks for the Irish lads. So I think that just makes us even more or even more so. So, um, yeah, I mean, say the likes of Altior, no, I mean, Harry and all these kind of boys, I think they're going to come up trumps for us. OK, one horse each for the week. I just, any one of, any one of the Willie Mullins mares will do me. I think that his mares are exceptional. I just go back to Christmas when he flexed his muscles and he had 22 winners and 14 for Rich Ritchie I think he could have a good week even though he hasn't got the stable stars just keep an eye out for the mares Altior for me all day long well let's hope Hector doesn't have a man let's have a, a really good week <laughs> well done to the, good luck to the pair of you like it like it And now joining us on the line is the captain of Team Ireland. Hector has joined us a little bit tender, perhaps after a big gig in Kerry last night. Hector, how are you? Uh, good morning, guys. Well, Dean, Dermot, good morning. I- I'll tell you what I am doing. Like a bodybuilder, uh, looking forward to the championship in two weeks' time. I'm now in my cutting stage. So last night was about getting a couple of babies on board, 
getting the body accustomed to what's on front of me in two weeks' time, uh, getting a complete lack of sleep, uh, the voice is a little bit tender. So again, it is all in preparation for for this day two weeks, really. Exactly, yeah. This day two weeks, it all kicks off. I mean, you've had a little tete-a-tete now with uh, Team GB Captain Tuffers at Kempton. How did it go? Did it get the, the kind of juices flowing? I'm sure it did. Yeah, there's been a great reaction. Uh, a few people have stopped me since I've got back to Ireland and say, wow, it looks like a good setup for Team GB. It's so tough, though. What's he like? He looks good, crack. Um, he's a great. He's a good captain. He's a great sports guy. Well-respected cricketer in England. You know, that question of sport has been going for years. I think we're going to have great fun at Cheltenham. He's up for the crack. He understands what Cheltenham means to people. I think he gets it as Team GB captain. And uh, I think we're going to have a great, great week. Cheltenham's like a universal language, Hector. And I think whether you make the trip over to the festival or whether you have that routine set in stone at home, there'll be there'll be millions of people around Ireland and England who perhaps even haven't even made the trip to the Mecca, but will have where they're always going to be on that Tuesday, where they're going to be on that Wednesday. They've got the week booked off anyway. There's something magical, isn't there? Yeah, there's so many people that take that week off who will never make it to Cheltenham, but yet they'll go with their mates to the local pub they'll have a bookies across the road some people will rent a house somewhere and go off I know friends that go to Lanzarote and watch them in Lanzarote every year six friends that try and get the golf on but they'll, they'll play the golf they'll watch the race and they'll have their holiday everybody seems to plan whatever whatever their, the way they're going to watch Cheltenham is their way and we're the lucky ones that get there the way I describe it and I've said this many many times before and I think it sums it up from an Irish perspective it's an all-Ireland final every single day and you know when you stand outside Jones's Road, the morning of an All-Ireland final, Dublin Kerry, Dublin to Rome. You see where I put Dublin in most of my Kerry, uh, Dublin to Rome, Dublin Mayo. <laughs> but it's, it's that feeling of an All-Ireland final, and it gives you the EBGBs. It's the, it's the hair standing on the back of your head sort of stuff. And uh, it's the greatest show on earth. And I'm so looking forward to it. Even though there's been all the disappointments, it's, it's now time to focus on what is going to happen. And there will be winners, and there will be favourites winning, and we will, you know, you've got to regroup and forget about any power. The time has come now to forget about everything that's happened, and regroup, and things will become much clearer. Hundred percent, yeah, no, sure. Every year, Dean, I, uh, I used to rock down to Cronin's, my local town in uh, in Carstaville. I still haven't actually made Cheltenham because of work, but uh, hopefully now in a few years' time, I can make the. Uh, Where's the your home Where did you rock down? Carstaville and Kerry. All right, good spot. Good spot is right. In, I'm actually pulled in a, da- in a dare here. I'm a stone's throw from Charles I can see all the cars in a dare manner in front of me, which JP McMahon has bought recently. I'm in the car park of the Dunraven Arms, going to a really good preview over the last couple of years. So this part of Limerick is really steeped in horse racing. And uh, you never know, there might be a winner coming from this neck of the woods over there in Chalcombe. I say there will be and do you know what you mentioned the preview uh, situation there and there's so many good ones um, you would have been involved in many of them Hector when the whispers start coming when the plans start getting finalised that's when it really starts to take shape in your mind doesn't it because we think about Cheltenham for months yeah we do of course and people horses have been laid out for months and trainers and owners have had a plan from, from last year but the beauty of the preview nights and I think they are getting stronger around the country. You know, I've done a couple with Barney Curley over the years, Patrick Mullins, Davy Russell, especially Patrick Mullins and Davy Russell. I think of the best Patrick Mullins says it like his father, says it like it is. And Davy Russell does that as well. Um, so this is pure preview country. Um, I see Matt Chapman as his own private chef to get to all the previews. 
<laughs> yeah, he's certainly taken a little step up in the world now with all his ITV M- exposure M- as Chappers. MCE. MCE has right. MCE. So let's talk about some of these whispers. I mean, we know, and you mentioned it there, that Ireland have lost plenty of big guns going into this festival, but that doesn't mean they're going to come away empty-handed. Some of these other ones are going to step up to the mix. I know you were at Kempton at the weekend, but the horse that everyone was talking about, even on that day, was Limini's performance, and maybe we found a little superstar that could come through the ranks. Yeah, and I think she'll get an allowance if she goes to the hurdle. Um, yeah. Excuse me. Uh, and the other thing is, I spoke to Barry Gowdy last night, and... I said it on stage last night in Killarney that these guys are warriors. Um, you know, Barry still getting his, his lung drained at the moment. And uh, to lose six ribs on one side, lads, we all know if we ever fractured a rib or broke a rib. So our thoughts are with Barry Gerty, which has just been an awful kick in the you-know-what's for him. But I think Limited being supplemented, I think Rich Ritchie and, and Willie are going to spread their ammunition as evenly as possible across the week. Whether or not Limini is good enough to win a champion hurdle, we said the exact same thing two weeks out last year. Is Annie Power good enough to win a champion hurdle? Why did we ever doubt her? I went on uh, at the races on the Friday night before Cheltenham. I said she'd win like a BMW. Ruby will, go, Ruby will look through his legs. The rest will be like Ford Fiestas. But there's a difference between Annie Power and Limini. They're not the same horse. They don't have the same attributes. Whether or not it's a weak champion hurdle and she can win it, I'm not sure. For me, it's not a betting proposition. I'm not going to get involved in trying to solve a conundrum like the champion hurdle. I'm much more preferred to focus on other races where I know what my gut instinct is here. You're never going to get Rich back in an every race in Cheltenham. And you're never going to get Rich going, oh my God, what's going to win the champion hurdle now? Yeah, I'd like... As well as that, just even the difference in talk, Hector, between the way they've talked about Annie Power. Limini was never really talked in that light, was she? Um, Not, no, no. And she's been there and she's done it. She's tanked down that hill so many times. Obviously, she fell the year she fell, but she's a different quality of an animal to Limini. Oh, she's the best. I still think she's the best mare I've seen anyway, but I haven't been around that long, but I think she's absolutely absolutely. outstanding, yeah. So why do we want to try and solve? Of course, it's it's a marquee race on the Tuesday. Bouvard de Air coming back over the hurdles. So, you know, Jan worked. The big talking horse from England. Like, we're always trying to solve things. The simplicity of Cheltenham is stick to your instinct. Wait for the York Hill and the JLT. Wait for, you know what I mean, Harry, if you want to back some shorties. You know, wait for on the fringe over here is better than ever. They're the ones who you'll say, that's the obvious favourite for me. Instead of sort of saying, oh, who am I going to go with in the champion hurdle? Yeah. There are some magic moments from last year's Cheltenham Hector, and I think you know you've mentioned it. Like some certain horses can bring the house down at the festival. Sprinter Sacra last year, Annie Power, another one. I mean, you must have many, many moments like that you can recall from actually being in the oh, shoot man. and seeing come back. Sprinter Sacra last year was just an incredible moment to be in the parade wing when that horse came back in. It was. It would, uh, sport brings countries to a standstill. It definitely brings Ireland to a standstill. You know, when the Six Nations or Ireland final. Or, but even it was a, it was a great, great Britain horse. But we all, I, we're, I, I've owned horses over the years. I've legs and horses these years. Like we've all, anyone who has a love for the game, when Sprinter Sacra did that, uh, it was just an amazing sporting moment, you know. But I've been there for the three best mates. I was there for the Kicking Kings, the World Attritions. Uh, I was there for Catchett, who was one of my favourite all-time Cheltenham horses, trained by Alan King, ridden by Chuck Thornton. One of the smallest horses you'd have ever seen in training, but by Jesus, did he come up the hill. He was an <laughs> explosive powder cake. Catch it. <laughs> and don't Gwib as well, Hector. You were oh, there for him, would you stop? <laughs> would you stop the lights on that Wednesday when Cool Dine and 
Paddy Flood won on 90th minute and uh, yeah. Dunn Whip absolutely scoot. Is there a better feeling when a horse is travelling at the top of the hill and they just open them up? I'll never forget, my older brother works in, uh, in Cork Airport and of course someone passed through the airport. Uh, I don't know whether... It was Philip Fenton, and the lads were just told to get what you can on Dunkwib. And I'll never forget watching the race going. Do you know, after about three furlongs, you knew he he'd the race won. I, I, and it's the champion bumper, and you know it's a very very hard race to win. But the beauty is, uh, Dunkwib went and did the business national hunt bread you know by presenting and it was brilliant because it was a small trainer it was funny passing through the race uh, on the way to the Betfair Bright launch excuse me oh Jesus <laughs> <laughs> our sponsors uh, will not be happy the captain from the Betfair launch the other day it was funny travelling through the airport even at half five in the morning I was accosted by a couple of lads at security going have you in for me Hector Hector <laughs> I gave him a couple of horses and then I watched him on he reached for a pen he wrote it down and then about four of the lads at customs came over to him and asked him what was Hector saying what was Hector saying yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're going to get so much information over the next week they'll need to be buying academy pads I know what years now for my brother he gets a lot of crap information as well though Hector but the um, but then the following year obviously with Dunquib that was uh, extreme emotions off the other end I remember being out in, uh, in Middleton that day myself and my older brother we had our whole day set up on that horse and uh, it fairly fell apart that day. Yeah, I saw, I saw some young lads devastated leaving the race course after the first race that following year when Dunkweb went down. It just shows you that you can have a high of winning a bumper. Yeah. You know, the bumper horses, what bumper horses have come back the following year? Was Champagne Fever one of them? Yeah, Champagne Fever was certainly, one of them. Was Very fine. hard for a horse to do that, to win a bumper. Uh, and speaking of the bumper this year, is this the best bumper horse in Ireland? Is that Carlton McKay, the way he and I him? He's, like, he's supposed to have an awful engine on him. Again, you're not going to... I was lucky enough, I followed Bally Andy. I have a real fondness for the Twisted Davis horses. I followed Bally Andy all of last year. And I thought it was one of the great rides at the festival last year. Yeah. By God, did he stay up the hill and just get the job done. And it's nice when a horse goes through a season aiming for the bumper in Cheltenham and he gets there and he does it and Twiston Davis is awesome like the hill in Twiston Davis is, is a very famous hill and he stood it, it stood to him there but again the bumper is a, hard, is a race we're not going to you can be lucky in the bumper I was very very lucky about six, seven, eight years ago now when Cutard won the bumper I backed it with a friend of mine from Kildare on the toes 50 to 1 on the toes oh, in Cheltenham and the rest of the night was, was a haze of Tankery and Bombay Sapphire and I don't remember <laughs> much after that <laughs> well, do you know what the beauty is about uh, National Hunt Racing Hector is that you just mentioned a horse that won a bumper as a four year old and that same horse Q card seven years on is right at the top of the market for the Gold Cup I mean only National Hunt Racing gives you that doesn't it yeah and, and the horse has stayed sound you know I had a horse called Steve Coppel that won five or six races for me with no mead, he, he beat Cadsbeat in his bumper in Thurless. He went to Kilbegan, won his maiden hurdle. He went to Galway, won a three-mile hurdle. He came back and won his novice chase in Kilbegan. And then he broke his leg in Clamell in the Guinness steeplechase on good ground. How the good, a good horse like Hugh Cadis is, is stayed sound is a tribute to Colin Tizard and what he's yeah, doing with that horse. They've been very, very, very lucky. Colin Tizard, from the first Saturday in September this year, or October, started winning the big races on Saturday. He's had a magic carpet ride until two weeks ago. Not because Tisselcrack was beaten in, in Cheltenham by, by many clouds. It's because Tisselcrack got injured. So it just shows you how fickle and delicate they are. But for Q-Card to be there seven years later, 
incredible. It's it absolutely incredible. incredible, yeah. Um, let's talk about that Gold Cup, Hector, because, you know, the Irish eyes will, will pretty much, apart from a few Gigginstown runners that I'm not even sure Gordon thinks are in the same class of the horse that he won the Gold Cup with last oh, year. Don, that's hard to be Hunter Don, Don Cossack, exactly. what a horse. That's hard. Yeah. Jack Adam, maybe the stars are aligning for a Jack Adam win this year. He's an unlucky horse. You know, he got injured. He, he cut himself there the year before in Chatham in a prep race. Um, had the, I know Willie's happy enough for what he's done so far. Has he slipped right under the radar? I think Ab- he's now starting Ab- to get there, isn't he? Yeah, how many times, how many times has Willie Mullins been second in the Gold Cup? Uh, Florida Pearl. Yeah, Florida, Jack Adam twice. That's three times in just off two horses. You know, you know, and, 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 and do, you, do we feel in our bones and in our waters that Willie after having such okay okay, Christmas was unbelievable banging out the winners he flexed his muscles he shot it it was like Gordon Elliott's galleon pulled up and then Willie Mullins galleon <laughs> pulled up it was like something out of an old war movie and they were shooting cannons across the bow but Willie started shooting these big cannons he flexed his muscles so then of course we have all the Annie Powers and we have the the, 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 the really disappointing years but Will it be that Willie's luck changes again for for that week in March, and and Jack Adam wins the Gold Cup? But he he's eight year old as well. I, I mean, he should be only hitting his peak now. I mean, Jack Adam has a lot of improvement left in him. He was sixth in that first Gold Cup. Like, yes. you know, he's every reason that. And even the way this Gold Cup is cut up, if if Jack Adam just runs to the same level he's nearly been running at for the last two years, he'll he should be bang there. He'll go very close. Yeah, he's um. Two card, obviously. When was the last eleven-year-old way back in the sixties to win a gold cup? I think it was sixty-nine. A twelve-year-old won at Hector, so you're going back a long way. What a myth, actually. Was the name of that horse? That's the one. Yeah. Like these animals, of these three-mile-plus horses, you can't go to the well too often during the season. Jack Adam, what was his race before Leperstown? Uh He won the John Durkin. Yeah. Well, there you go. One, two, and then goes to the gold cup because it's a war of attrition. Yeah. So you know. Maybe Willie Mullins, by God, I'll tell you, he'll be beaming. It, it, would, it, would, they be, would there be smiles on Rich Ritchie and, 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 and Willie Mullins' face if that horse won a Gold Cup? Yeah, it'd nearly be justice, wouldn't it? You have to, oh, you know, you, scrape them but that's what, like, I know we're talking, the English will talk now, the river, and they'll talk this, that, and the other, but Jack Adam has been there, done it before, finished second twice, maybe it's his year. Yeah, it could well be his year. And the the biggest horse, I think everyone there's always there's always one or two. This is actually the first season I think that not, no defending champion is going to take part at Cheltenham. So there's going to be some new stars on the block. But one from last year who was devastatingly impressive and is carrying Irish hopes with him, probably not a back a betting proposition is Duvan. And we're going to see Duvan at Cheltenham uh, run away with a Queen Mum Hector. And then where will that horse go? Because that is the superstar in training. Yeah, he's he's carrying the weight of Ireland on his shoulders. He seems to accept the responsibility of being the best horse we we have at the moment. I think Willie hasn't got to the bottom yet. He's just an absolute equine athlete. He's the he's the Usain Bolt of of what he does. And I know the English have out here, but Duvan just does it so effortlessly, brilliant. I just think it doesn't knock a spot off the horse, and it's very very exciting. Um, I hope he does it. I hope he does it impressively. I, I, I've been at the top of the hill in a couple of those boxes. You know, I've seen Duran and I've seen Fahin and I've seen Vautour over the years in Supreme Novices Hurdles and stuff, kicking at the top of the hill. And it's a joy to watch. And then as you look back up the hill from, from the marquees, the white marquees that you'd know from the shot, you can just see them scooting away. It's, yeah. it's majestic. And, and, you know, fingers crossed he does it. Fingers crossed he does it impressively. 
and and he and he racks up a, a nice winner for Team Ireland and in the Betfred Cup. Well, I do hope you have a very good week, Hector. I'm lucky enough that I'll be down there and enjoying it all with you and Tuffers, the captain of Team GB. I'm not sure which way it's going to go. I think you're up against it in the betting, but for Irish um, people and Irish sporting teams, that really doesn't mean much most times, does it? No, you know, um, uh, they were ahead during the week last year. We raced into a lead in the last day. Cheltenham is Cheltenham. The hill is the hill. Hmm. Uh, it's a unique race course. It throws up some, some unique results. Maybe we can nick a handicap or two. You never know in the races where we mightn't be paper favourites because we've lost our superstars. We could surprise one. All I know is that when it comes to this, we're sending our best firepower we can over. Willie's got the guts of still 40 horses going over. Gordon Elliott the same. Like, and and there's, there's, there's smaller trainers coming in under the radar in other races with some really good quality animals. You know, the presenting Percy's, the Maldini's, all these are going over. So, Pacelli, fingers yeah. crossed. You know, there's no better feeling. I just wish sometimes as well that the syndicates, that we had more big... I, I remember for Paddy, for Paddy the Plasterer. Yeah. And, and the sea of red scarves and Charlie Chalk from the Goat, the famous pub in Dublin. I remember the Total Enjoyment Syndicate with Tom Cooper coming over years ago, the one, the bumper, 25 of them. You know, Eric Connor, you know, I, I wish, I hope that we see that big syndicate from Ireland with their horse in the ring after it because, you know, there's very little things that bring grown men to tears. Cheltenham is one of them. Certainly is. Hector, it's been a pleasure to have you on the race hour. As I said, best of luck with the Betbright Cup up against Tuffers for Team GB. Uh, go Team Ireland. Go Team Ireland. And from the car park of the Dunraven Arms, overlooking the magnificent five-star Adair Hotel, owned by J.P. McManus, Dermot, Dean, Vermeer Magi, Sloan. Sloan fall, Hector. So, Dermot, I think you've, uh, well, on this Race Out podcast, not often we get as man as passionate as Hector is about the Cheltenham Festival. Um, he's obviously looking forward to being Bet Bright captain for Team Ireland again and uh, possibly bringing the Bet Bright Cup home. But I think the Irish are up against it this year. I'd be very surprised if Ireland won the Bet Bright Cup myself. Um, they're a very passionate captain, which is great to see, but uh, I would be very shocked. At, I just think we've taken too many blows. Um Horse-wise, and unless we really pull something out of the bags for all the handicaps, uh, I'd be shocked. Now, we're very early in the week to be looking at some of the weekend racing because this is going out a little bit earlier than usual on the race out. But we do have the Betbright Grimford at Doncaster at the weekend. Three mile, two furlongs. Some of your old favourites will be pitching up in here, Domo. Have you had a look at the contest already? Always a quality race. Um, the last Samurai won this off 149, and he runs this year off 161. But... Um, when you look at the horses around him, he's simply a lot better than him, Dean. Uh, you know, definitely Red's a nice horse, but was well beaten behind uh, Bristol de Mai that day. Uh, you know, you're looking well, who's could be anything really for Nicky Richards, but again, it's not a horse I'd be rushing in to, uh, to back. We know where we stand with President Stan present Man at 5-1. to one. Possibly, but you know a Christmas run for a Nichols horse is often not their best run. And yeah, you because know, he doesn't he give them the old jabs before you know the flu jabs for that yard. So I would give Present Man another chance. I'm not saying he's going to win the race, but I think he can run better than that. He got smashed out of sight. Oh yeah, location. you wouldn't be dismissing any of these. Yeah. Um, but it's just like you know, like you're dropping down to see success there, who was bad in the uh, Scottish Gold Cup. So I put him up for it. Um, or Scottish Grand National even, and uh, you know, like there's 
Knockhouse is potentially well in if he ever gets his act together again. But I just keep coming back, and I know it's 161, but the last time I won this race last year, I think weights are obviously a very important part of our game, Dean, but I don't think he's waited out of this base in his run in the Beecher Chase last time. Uh, View Leon Rouge more than backed that up. He was... He wasn't far behind at all, and I just think of 161. He's going to take all the beating, and 9 to 2 could be a decent price team. Yeah, it might be. I mean, it's to go and repeat the trick, and it's the, the path they trod before for Grand National. Um, yeah, I like this race. I like punting in the race, but I'm not really sure where I'm going to go at this stage. Not Klaus. You know, if Dave McGurin was here, he'd be telling us that this has a big race in it. I'm sure it does. Exactly. I mean, very unlucky. Uh, the Challenge Festival last year, wasn't it? Behind Cause of Causes, where he, yeah. just, uh, he got kind of knocked out of the race and then kept coming back under Nina Carberry. Um, yeah, he's an interesting runner for something like this. You have to wonder why he hasn't shown anything like that form yet. Though he's a bit better at Haydock the last time behind Dad's in trouble. A bit better. Yeah, you never know. I mean, this could have been the aim all year, but I think if he was very well, he'd probably be rocking up somewhere at the Shetland Festival, Dean, I think. Um, you know, he still could, but I'd be shocked, really. Um, it's a very interesting race, um, but it's not one I'd be rushing into right now, but if I had to, and I probably will end up backing him at the weekend, I just think the last Samurai, regardless of 161, I know it's a very high mark, but um, it doesn't matter what he does now, he'll he'll still be running off the same weight. Uh, he ran a blinder in the Grand National last year, very lucky just to bump into a freak, like, rule the world. And... Um, I just think they'll go down the same path this year, Dean. He'd be all out to win, and I would not be surprised if he did it. Yeah, he's had a little break as well since finishing behind Verleon Rouge in that beach, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, I can see I can see your argument there. I think it's a decent one. I would give Present Man another chance. I'm not sure. I want to see the final field for this, but a Nichols horse that doesn't perform after having good form around Christmas time and then comes back can often outrun. I'm not, I wonder what the prices will be because he is a poor Nichols horse in that race, but we will see. The rest of the card at Doncaster on that Saturday is still strong and a lot of those horses that we're looking forward to at Cheltenham uh, will not be seen until maybe we get to the day of the festival so I've, I picked out a few interesting ones I see cup finals in for Ben Haslam in the opener there uh, I might remember that winning a couple of really nice races not that long ago that's exactly and he'd have every chance I really like Ben Haslam actually as a trainer as well and um, yeah Dean he'd have to go close yeah, I mean, what do you pick out on the card that maybe we should have a look out on that Saturday? The the only other one that I was interested in backing was a Nicky Henderson horse called Lockdog Farmer, who ro- who runs in the handicap hurdle on the first day. He's in there now at about nine to two as well. Nothing massive, but um, he was a very good second last time behind a Donald Kane horse called Testify. Um, you know, he he kind of he was being pushed along right along, so this. Longer trip won't be any harm to him whatsoever. Uh, Donald McCain has had his horses in flying form all year, so going down to one of them is no bad thing at all. And um, he should run a very big race. And Nocturne Farmer could just be another one because Nicky Henderson's horses are absolutely flying of late as well. Yeah, they are. He's come good, hasn't he? And he's got a lovely festival team as well. On Saturday as well, Dermot at Newbury, there's, a, there's a, a few decent races actually on the box. You've got the Greatwood Veterans Handicap Chase at five past two. Um, I thought Phelan's boy was interesting here. We were both disappointed, weren't we, with him on his return because he'd been given his Grand National weight. You would have thought he would have been ready to return. I know he'd had a, a decent spell out, but Rebecca Curtis's horses have been going okay. I'd imagine if we don't see him step up a lot at Newbury this weekend, then maybe that National run will be in doubt. But they'll know better than me. I'd expect him to run well. I'd expect him to run well. He he really bounced last time or not bounced he just flopped um, I even thought with just the fact that 
Johnny Moore was coming over to ride him that I thought, you know, oh, he, oh, he must be absolutely flying. But um, look, um, he should come on an awful lot for that. I think if I was them, I'd love to see him win a race before Aintree because it's been a while. Um, well, he, ran, he ran off 148 on his comeback. He's now on 143. So the handicap has given him another little go. I mean, he ran in the Gold Cup, he's rated 156. And look, I mean, he has to beat the likes of Harry Topper, Rocky Creek, Loose Chips, Katenko, who hasn't done anything in years. Uh, shot of vodka Bob Tucker yeah I mean like if he bounces back a mark 143 is very light for him and um, if he's anything like the old O'Fallon's by Dean he should be winning that race if Leia's give me any kind of price to, to punt out I'm pretty sure I will be throwing he's 9-2 to here which is a decent price in well, fairness yeah I think that's fair enough I, I'd give him one more chance if he didn't deliver then I might move on but you know what? I'm like a bit of a cliff horse man anyway um, in fairness yeah, there's a Greatwood Handicap hurdle as well at 2.40. Um, I see the old boy Melodic Rendezvous entered in here, but there's some well, there's some decent horses as well that, you know, a little bit younger in their careers could put it right up to them. Likes of Ian Williams's London Prize, and those are decent. I was curious, Carlos is, is interested for Peter Bowen. He could get that one to bounce back after 132 days off. Some all right form in there. And Nicky Henderson's got one in Bloody Mary we haven't seen for a year. Yeah, the fact Bloody Mary has been put in straight away four to one favourite. Uh, if she was to hold that price in the day, it would suggest that the money's down, um, and she'd be a great bet. I mean, she was third behind Limini. She wasn't all that far behind. Now Limini did it very easy, but still she was third in a mare's hurdle. Uh, Limini's come out and obviously franked that form. Um, so Bloody Mary was fancy that day. It wasn't like she was, um, you know, they were running for place money. Yeah. A lot of the talk was that they actually thought she could beat Limini. So look, she's very good. She'll get all the allowances, and. Um, Again, it's another race you couldn't go over, overboard with. I mean, you've the likes of Chesterfield there for Seamus Mullen, the ex John Ferguson horse. Um, he very interesting. Seamus Mullins is one of these trainers that you'd love to just see get a good one. Um, he's a smashing trainer with what he has. And then again, the further down the market you go, the more uh, the more desperate it seems to be getting. Um, so like high secrets there for Paul Nichols. Paul Nichols has an awful lot of runners. That's a, a very decent horse who was um, who was third last time. At Musselburgh, in a decent-looking race, um, so like behind Lock Turk Spirit, who we had Nico de Bainville just on the podcast the last day saying that uh, he thought that horse could run well in the Supreme. Yeah, so gave it a squeak. So you know, it's like a high secret could be very interesting. Um, he, he comes here very, very fresh. But if Bloody Mary was to keep her price and hold that market like she is at currently, uh, I think she's a she'd be a big betting. Yeah, she's one of the ones you got to look forward to this weekend. Good to see that one back after a year. And- you wouldn't put it past Nikki having a run and going somewhere uh, a bit more exciting with that animal uh, if you look at the next race on the card there it's the Greatwood Gold Cup handicap at Newbury that's at 3.15 on Saturday um, a few of my old favourites in here like Savoie I think it's a very nice type for Harry Fry just need a little bit of a break from the handicap it's getting it slowly uh, more bucks is in there for Paul Nichols hasn't done perhaps what they would have liked that one to do it's in there off a low enough weight actually for the contest and the horse that I think everyone will tell you to a man is well handicapped Thomas Crapper's at the bottom yeah Thomas Crapper has been well handicapped now for about two years, um, so I, I definitely wouldn't be plowing into him. Tom George has had a really brilliant season this year. Um, firstly, him bringing Adrian Heskin over looks more inspired as the weeks go on. Yeah. Um, you know he's had a tremendous season, and Tom George has also big call to oust Paddy Brennan for Adrian Heskin, but really pay dividends Adrian Heskins is just one of these lovely young Irish riders that he just has really soft hands you know and he just um, he's very calm and O'Mainly has won at Newbury he likes the track and I just thought at 9-1 to one, it was a big price 
Um, he's a good horse. He is nine now, but he's not getting worse. He was pulled up last time um, on ground that wouldn't have suited at Haydock. And as we know at Haydock, when it's soft or heavy at Haydock, it's uh, very heavy for anywhere else. Um, it's a chronically bad track for that at times. And I think O'Meany should get better ground here. And he's the value for me, Dean, at 8-1. to one. Yeah, he's down in trip after that run behind Bristol de May. So an interesting move by Tom George to do that. I think he's certainly got enough pace for a two and a half mile contest. That's not a bad shout at all. Tango de Julie would be popular for Venetia Williams, but she's also got entered up a couple of other runners in the race, uh, including Victor Tuzane. And her horse is just starting to come back into a bit of form, aren't they? They've been going well. Funnily enough, yeah, considering the ground is now getting better and her horses are now starting winning. She's had a very funny year. They were very late coming out this year. It's the yard I follow because I'm a big fan of, uh, of Liam Treadwell, the jockey. Yeah. And um, yeah, just... She's had a funny year, but she's also one of these trainers, Dean, that often has a big price winner at the Cheltenham Festival that likes to Carrick by, etc. So um, her handicappers are ones to watch because a few of them, I imagine, are there for uh, just, just to get their weight, you know, open up their lungs. Yeah. Um, so she'll be one to watch out for big, big odds in the, uh, the Cheltenham handicaps as well, Dean. Yeah, I agree. I always look out for us there. There's no doubt about that. I see Vibrato Baltat's top of that um, field for that 3.15. And after running behind Vanatea, I thought it was a very big run, but then didn't really um, back that up behind Temple Hill. So probably a sitting duck off the top of those weights. But my record on this podcast, Emma, as you know, has uh, been pretty poor. It has, Dean, but in fairness, none of us have been setting the world alight. But uh, zero for 12 isn't exactly a, a tremendous uh, record for you. Thank you. For good yeah. self, Dean. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> and I was very adamant that I would break that with Capitaine at the weekend, who let me down at Kempton. He just ran huge and big and free and didn't get anywhere near like coming. No, close. and like form wise, he was carrying everything into it. I'd say Finian's Oscar actually kept him honest that day when he did he did a, a proper horse to follow in front of him. Um, he's free. He's big. He's Larry. I don't know what they're going to do with him. Um, he's a nightmare of a horse for me, anyway, Dean. Did you uh, take it as a negative for Finian's Oscar for the Cheltenham Festival? No, it's just like Melon with Ice Cold Soul. He was in a different parish to them. Um, I think it doesn't matter what they beat when they beat them that well. Um, the second round look a little bit average though, doesn't it? If we, if we thought it was average before. <laughs> yeah, we knew leaving it though anyway that it was average. It was a uh, potentially like like um, like your kill a few years ago. You know, like or, or two years ago. What you're saying is that it's um, it's just a a very good horse winning a very poor race yeah. and uh, I wouldn't be back in Finian's Oscar I've said this before in the podcast but uh, I couldn't turn anyone off him I think he's a very special horse and um, he'll he'll go into this with every chance but yeah Dean his form isn't exactly what you'd call strong a huge future whether he's ready for this year's Cheltenham Festival or not I don't know I, I'm already on so I'm hoping he is um, <laughs> should, we, should we try and rumble an app out for the weekend you know I've got to give myself another chance to, to break this hoodoo Um I'd love to put up O'Fallon's boy and I think at around 9-2 I will be backing him anyway at the weekend that's for sure yeah I'm going to put a present man in the Betbright Grimthorpe as my punt yeah um, I'll give one for Cheltenham Festival as well uh, just to say we're all pretty keen here now Dean aren't we on, uh, on Diamond King after a preview night during the week yeah uh, last week where um, Ollie Murphy was basically saying that he's he's napping him Ollie being Gordon's assistant who was on this podcast before and uh, Diamond King has absolutely every chance 8-1 to one for the uh, Brown Advisory Plate Advisory. on the Thursday and the nap if she runs would be definitely for me I think she's amazingly well in here is Bloody Mary in the 240 at Newbury at 4-1 to one, but I would nearly take 5-2 to two just knowing just to know that 
she was running deep. I'm surprised you didn't go head to head with me with the last samurai. He'd be near enough to us. He's a cracking horse, but uh, I be struggling now to nap a horse, despite the fact that I think he'll win. I'll be struggling to nap a horse of 161 for a handicap at Doncaster Dean. Fair enough. Probably good advice. So um, that's us done on the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at BetBright. Hope you enjoyed Hector. A uh, little bit of a Cheltenham ramble that we went through there. And we'll be back next week with the pre-Cheltenham special. And watch out for who we have on that show. <laughs>